1: Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawaii es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. My name is Ambra Gutiérrez, and I was sexually assaulted. I felt like I was going crazy. No one believed me, and people pointed at me. I couldn't believe this was happening. I was forced into exile, and it forever changed my life. But now I'm back, and stronger than ever. I know I did the right thing, and now I feel safe. I also know that I'm not the only one, and there are more stories that need to be told. I'm ready to help others speak out, to share their experiences, and help them feel empowered. They need to know they're not alone. I invite you to be part of this movement, in our words, with me, your host, Ambra Gutiérrez. Subscribe, share, and help us speak out. Good day to everyone. I'm so glad to be here again to record the second episode of In Our Words. This is Ambra Gutiérrez, your host, and today I have an amazing guest with me, the beautiful, smart, and gold-hearted Sarah Ziff. She has a long and successful modeling career. She's a filmmaker, an activist who advocates for women's rights, honored in 2012 by the blog Jezebel as one of the 25 game-changing women who embody the site's feminist ideals. In 2013, she was awarded the Susan B. Anthony Award by the National Organization for Women for her dedication to improving the lives of young women and girls in New York City. And in 2014, she was awarded the first inspiration and visionary award by the Women and Fashion Film Festival for her leadership and work empowering women and girls in the fashion industry. And currently, she's the founder of an executive director of Model Alliance. Thank you so much for being here, Sarah. I'm so happy to have you here in person and finally getting to meet you.
0: Absolutely. And I just want to say, I am so grateful to be here with you and very inspired by everything that you have done. So thank you.
1: (laughs) I'm so happy that we're here together right now. And uh, I got to know about Model Alliance because you posted one of my Instagram posts. And it was about a caption of Fight the Titans. And that happened in uh, about eight to nine months ago. Yeah, last year. And uh, then I got to uh, see a little bit of your uh, Instagram profile and I was amazed by everything you were doing. Uh, it's so nice to see that somebody's fighting for model rights in, in this world because it's not many knows, but there is a, like a bad part of, of this kind of job as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a glamorous industry and I think the good sides of the business are obvious. But um, there's also, you know, know, it's a largely unregulated industry where um, there are problems of sexual harassment and assault, um, lack of financial transparency. Uh, A lot of girls experience late payment or no payment whatsoever. A lot of these girls are working just in trade, meaning clothes, rather than money for jobs and, and working in debt to their agencies. So there are a lot of problems. And one of the main things that we talk about at the Model Alliance is that modeling, um, it's a job. And like anyone else who works for a living, we deserve to be treated fairly.
1: Amazing. Well, that's something that not many people knows, but I experienced it as well when I started. And, you know, it's nice to know that somebody is doing it has a protector for us and helping on living this kind of job as as the best as possible and uh, one thing I wanted to say that our words it's about overcoming difficulties and what I wanted to have here uh, is people that can speak of bad experience that they had to overcome and, and then they put in together to help others like they wanted to share the experience and tell others I'm curious to know something about you. I also have uh, a support organization in the Philippines for uh, children that are homeless or uh, without parents and orphanages. And this happened, and it's very close to me because I grew up in a difficult family condition because my father wasn't there. And so I feel that helping others, helping children is very close to me. There is a reason close to you, of why you're doing this, helping models, helping this kind of situations.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, this work is very close to my heart because I, um, I think that we've had similar experiences. And uh, I started, you know, I grew up here in New York City and um, had a good career. But I started working when I was very young, when I was 14, and I was put in very adult situations that I didn't know how to handle. I was sexually assaulted. And uh, it's, you know, I, I try not to dwell too much on the details of my personal experience, but, uh, but it's certainly informed my activism. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's for me it's personal and and I also think that I've because I've been pretty lucky in my career um and you know I'm not like one of these girls who's sending money back home to their families uh if I'm in a position to help I feel like you know it's really the least that I can do and I find this work very rewarding and I also think that uh you know the modeling industry is an overlooked frontier for women's rights and workers' rights, and I think often our concerns are trivialized and dismissed. But uh, you know, we're asking for ba- very basic human rights. You know, nobody should have to endure sexual harassment at work. So you started
1: your career very young.
0: Yeah. How old were you when you started?
1: I started around 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's I, better.
0: I, yeah, that's,
1: that's the thing. Like, I also wanted to hear from you. Starting modeling this young age, it should be something not allowed. And I'm seeing that you're trying to like push the starting age of modeling at 18. Yeah, it's something that it should be done. Because and, well, I, there is no I, reason to start before.
0: Well, I mean, and, you know, some people will say, look at child actors. They're, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old actors. Why shouldn't that you have young models as well? I don't think that modeling at a young age is inherently bad, but you want to do age-appropriate work. And unfortunately, what we've seen in our industry is agencies and clients pushing really young girls to... Uh, into situations where they're treated like grown-ups, where they're sexualized, where they're put on the spot to give sexual favors, um, where they simply don't have the maturity, nor should they be expected to have the maturity to handle those situations. And, um, you know, obviously when you're a kid, you're that much more vulnerable to abuse, and it can have a lasting effect
1: child actors at the end is not being pushed to fit in some clothes. Or right. You're not representing something. something Exactly. You're else. not representing something else. Right. It's not like the same thing. It's something a little bit difficult. And also about speaking on being pushed into size or into something that you have to become, it can be very stressful for, for us. Also, when I started, that I was 18 years old. I remember in, in my agency being told to lose weight or to cut my hair or uh, to walk this way or and it was stressful and you were
0: probably already very thin right
1: i was already very (laughs) thin but um Fortunately, my personality was very strong, but at 14 years old, I mean, there could be so many problems as eating disorders or not knowing anymore who you are, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a very delicate situation. As you made woman, research about on eating disorders in yeah. the modeling instru- industry, yeah. right? Yeah, so the
0: Model Alliance partnered with researchers at Harvard School of Public Health and Northeastern University. And we did um, the largest and really first study of its kind on eating disorders in the in the modeling business, and we found, unsurprisingly, that uh, eating disorders are rampant, but they're also a labor rights issue, and that's part of part of what our work is about is is reframing these issues, not just as health issues but as workers' rights issues, because it's not surprising that if designers are requiring girls to fit into size zero samples, which most women cannot fit into, especially like past the age of like 17 or 18. And their agencies are pressuring them to go to extremes to lose weight. Of course, it's a recipe for developing an eating disorder. And these are not trivial health concerns. I mean, this is a a very deadly illness. They can have long-lasting repercussions on your ability to have children later in life and a lot of other things. So, um, you know, we're dealing with this as a workers' rights issue, but it's also, you have to think about the, the message that you're sending to all these young women and girls who aspire to look like the models they see in the magazines and on Instagram. Yeah, we should create some sort of right
1: influence and also the right roles on how you have to treat your body because not every uh, model, not every person is, is the same. So there are different things that they have to get to know to take care of themselves. And of course, modeling is influencing others because if you become very obsessed with a model and you see them being too skinny, you want to become like them and, mm-hmm. and those things. At the end, like the biggest models are all about their personality and has, right now, I'm so happy to see that there are different sides of models that are out there and uh, becoming famous and, and give the right Representation. Yeah, Yeah. representation to to everybody. And um, another uh, question I wanted to ask you about the RESPECT programs. Can you tell us more about this and what you're doing
0: right now to give others? Sure. Uh, Yeah, thanks for asking about it. Um, So the RESPECT program is a global industry-wide initiative of the Model Alliance that wants to make sure that everyone in the industry is treated with dignity and respect at work. Uh, In May, just a few months ago, uh, we uh, published an open letter from over 100 models, including some of the biggest names, Giselle, Karen Elson, Edie Campbell, uh, all signed their names to this letter, basically calling on the industry, agencies, publishing companies, and fashion brands to sign a legally binding commitment to uphold a code of conduct which would address um sexual harassment financial transparency and a whole range of other concerns and you know in light of the weinstein scandal um you know it, it's hard to think it's been almost a year now but um i think it's it's very clear that sexual harassment and assault are pervasive in this business and uh we have yet to see companies really step up and make a commitment to address these concerns. We've seen, uh, you know, companies issue codes of conduct. Uh, you know, there's been a models charter in Europe, but these are just voluntary initiatives that lack teeth. If you actually are serious about protecting people then why why not sign a legally binding commitment to uphold best practices and and you know one of the things that it makes the respect program different from these other initiatives is there are real consequences if you violate the the code of conduct so if someone is found to be a serial harasser then the companies that are signatories to the program would no longer work with that individual or suspend that person for a certain period of time so that they're no longer in a position to continue to harass people right now there's nothing like that in place so it's a very it's a comprehensive common sense program that is coming from the ground up it's coming from the models themselves and we are looking forward to you know working with companies that are leaders in the industry that actually want to address these concerns seriously But during this last year, did you see more supports from, like, the
1: high positions? For example, I don't know, as right now, trying to make a new low on some sort of things like having a third person while having castings, for example. Or, yeah, I was thinking about this a year ago. Like, so many times I went to castings by myself. And uh, I don't realize, because I get used to it, that at the end I'm in lingerie in front of someone and I'm alone in a room. So, I don't know if it should be something, you know, written down that when there is a casting or in this kind of, of job, there should be another person as well.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's an excellent suggestion. And I know that uh, the Screen Actors Guild has put forward an initiative that uh, would prevent people from holding castings in like hotel rooms, for example. Um, but yeah, I, I think the solutions have to come from, from the survivors and the people who've experienced these abuses firsthand because we know better than anyone our own experiences and when and by who abuse is happening. Um, So these, these solutions can't come from the top down. They have to come from the bottom up.
1: Yeah, you're a strong person because, as you know, there are so many victims that are just silent. But mm, here we're trying to give the example to speak out, to speak for helping others, because you never know that next person could be somebody that you love, your child, your sister, your mom, or, you know, someone that you would not want to suffer. So just mm-hmm. do it for the next one. The world could be a better place also for this, this kind of industry. Mm-hmm. About your position of being a producer, a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about the documentary Picture Me.
0: How did you start with this documentary? It feels like such a long time ago. So I started making that film when I was 18. And I'm 36 now. <laughs> well, you
1: look amazing.
0: <laughs> oh. But it just, it's sort of, I see it now as a time capsule. It, You know, my then boyfriend, who was a film student at NYU, and I just kind of got in the habit of filming our lives. And we would bring, this was before social media, <laughs> um, we would bring cameras backstage at the shows and to shoots on location. And then I gave cameras to friends of mine who were models, and we just sort of, spoke into the camera in a very unfiltered way and it wasn't supposed to be an expose it was supposed to be um tell it out it is yeah just talking about the good and the bad and uh and we called years of footage and at the time you know I saw shows like America's Next Top Model and I thought this has nothing to do with the reality of working as a model um and maybe people would be interested to actually see what this is like so yeah we ended up creating a feature documentary almost by accident and um and when it came out on the festival circuit in 2009 it was presented as like people called me a whistleblower I was on the front page of like the newspaper with people sort of saying that I had created this expose my then roommate um spoke uh on camera in the movie about uh a particular photographer who she didn't name at the time but who she later named as Terry Richardson and talked about a sexual assault at a casting that she experienced and and so that really opened the lid on that whole conversation but this was really before people were talking about this stuff i mean we're talking about almost a decade ago, and I, you know, I experienced real consequences. Like, I went from shooting big campaigns and, you know, that's how I was paying for college to, you know, the the phone basically stopped ringing. You think that uh,
1: before social media was even worse, This this kind of job?
0: I think there's, I think... For Sun- the way
1: that if somebody would have talked about it, of course, it could not not be a way of spreading these words. Mm-hmm. Like everything they, would stay with ourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, they say that sunlight is the best disinfectant. So whether it's, you know, a Ro- Ronan Farrow story... Um, about these issues, or it's just coming from the models directly on on social media. That's really powerful, and also we're just we're more connected than we've ever been before. Um, I think modeling is very isolating, and it's easy to think that you're alone in your experience, but obviously we know now that that's not true. And you're
1: afraid also for your career, right? Has um, another um, experience that I I heard from a friend of mine. It's guy model. Uh, very close to me, and uh, a few years ago, he told me that he went to shoot with this very famous photographer, and uh, he ended up being in in his his lingerie, like his panties, boxers, and uh, the photographer bit him in in the bottom part. And then he called me and told me, "Amber, Amber, this happened to me." And uh, I told him, "Go right away to the police, say something, you know." And he was so afraid to you know lose his career,
0: because as right now, it's doing very well. Did he report it? No, I never did. So that's the thing. And that's one of the reasons why I think you're so brave, because you reported it right away. And so few people do that. It's, you know, at the Model Alliance, we run a grievance reporting service. And we hear from models almost every day about a whole range of problems, including sexual harassment and assault. Since October, we've heard, like, the number of complaints about sexual harassment has skyrocketed. And we always tell people, look, here are your options. It's totally up to you what you want to do. But we encourage you if you've been assaulted, which is a crime, to file a police report. Very few people ever actually want to follow through with that.
1: Yeah, also, if there is uh, people like you that can help them 100% and support them in in this thing, of course, they're so worried about losing everything they've done. I don't know, I mean, there are some people that really, really care about this this job as for themselves, so I I could understand them. Mm -hmm. I lost everything after what I've done, and uh, I didn't know. I just stayed there every day praying, thinking that I've done the right thing and that one day something good would happen, and um, yeah. Have
0: you felt supported?
1: I feel supported right now. Yeah, <laughs> Right now, is everything different. And so I can tell this story. And, and
0: so many people have told me how much they admire you <laughs> and how they've been inspired by you to speak up. I'm so happy about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, another question is about being treated in a in different way um, based on if you're a woman, a man, the color of your skin in, in this industry. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is any, do you have any experience you want to talk about on inequality of being paid if, you know, you are of one kind of color or if you
0: are different? Sure. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I think our industry is almost based on discrimination, you know, of size, age. We see very few models over the age of 25. At least women, yeah. There are any number of concerns, and certainly um, the issue of race has been, you know, making more and more news. And I think at this point, most people in the industry recognize that having an all-white cast is wrong and doesn't make them look good. It doesn't make their brand look good because it's it's uh it's it's just so obviously based in discrimination. But uh. I don't know if people have the same awareness when it comes to size diversity or age diversity or any other number of things. So yeah, but I mean I think our industry has come a long way. I remember the days when I would get my agency casting sheet, do you remember getting those like? physical pieces of paper for your castings. Uh-huh. You're younger than me, so maybe you didn't get that. But um, I even saw notes on my casting sheet for some of the castings. They would say, like, no black girls or no exotic girls. So, you know, I guess we've come along long way i think new york is more progressive than other cities i remember starting in milan it was difficult for me
1: yeah (laughs) even yeah being there in italy and uh, looking not italian was was difficult because i'm part filipino and they are the industry for asian half asian or anyway women of color is is very very difficult for a start and yeah I got to a point when I moved to Milan and I was there starting to think that I didn't want to do modeling anymore till I moved to London and Mm -hmm. I was so happy about it because London is like New York but Mm -hmm. yeah telling you it was on my personal experience as well it was difficult.
0: Wow (laughs) yeah and I mean and then, then you think about all the people who don't even have a chance, who are you know aspire to work in our industry, but you know they're not the right height or they you know. So, for us, it's you know we promote um, diversity, but our main focus is like fair working conditions, so that for those who are working in the business, they don't you know they don't have to go to extremes. They're you know they're not. Um, dealing with financial exploitation, sexual sexual exploitation. We we're just trying to create standards because right now it's like the Wild West. There really aren't standards in our business.
1: So the Respect program is doing something about it, is acting on equity payments on, on different people. Do you have like names on of models, known models that are supporting this foundation mm-hmm. of Model Alliance? Who yeah. are you
0: working with? Who are your partners? There are a lot of models, um, especially in the last year, who've become more involved. So Karen Elson, I don't know if you know her. She's but you know she and I used to do the shows together, and she's kind of an icon in the industry since the '90s. She recently joined our board of directors, and has been pretty outspoken in the last few months about even things like when we introduced private changing rooms we like for years we were saying we shouldn't have to change be naked in front of all these photographers backstage and photos of girls while they were naked changing would end up on the internet it, like that shouldn't be a hazard of the job um but for the longest time like the industry just wouldn't listen and it's not that hard you hang a curtain i mean there's no like cost involved really Anyway, this past season, we finally got the main show venues in New York to agree to have private changing areas, and and Karen was, you know, outspoken about that. She's um, spoken about the Underage Initiative um, and is a uh, proponent of the Respect Program. Um, And then other prominent models, uh, like Edie Campbell, um, has been very involved and supportive. Mila Jovovich, Mm. who is actually... When I was 14 and I first went to my first agency, she was the first model I met. She was represented by that agency. And she kind of took me under her wing. And um, I think ever since that day, she has been very supportive um, and probably feels a responsibility just as someone who's so prominent and has had a lot of success to help people um, who are coming up. So. Uh yeah, I mean, it's there are, there are a lot of models who are involved. Some are more prominent than others. But I think they're finally starting to feel, oh, Teddy Quinlevin. I don't know if you know her. She's a transgender model who has been outspoken about her experience of sexual assault and uh, has really experienced pushback from the industry. So it's not surprising that girls are afraid to speak out because, you know, there are consequences. And, and through the RESPECT program, we have like an anti-retaliation provision. We know that sometimes if a girl goes to her agency and says she's been assaulted, for example, in some cases, the agencies are telling them just to be quiet. They would rather not alienate the photographer or the stylist. They want to keep those business relationships, and they care about that more than the well-being of the models themselves. So. Uh, it's really important to have an independent complaint line where you know that you're not going to be retaliated against, and, um, and that's exactly what the RESPECT program offers. So I think, you know, we have a lot of support for models. It's, it's more just a question of who's going to be the first company, who's going to be the first in the industry to jump to really make this real. The support of the agency
1: is very important. Yep. You have to choose your agency as you choosing the most important thing ever when you start this kind of job. And I was always happy to have found good people. I always change agency if I didn't feel like at home mm-hmm. in a family, especially because you get to traveling places and being alone. And um, yeah, especially with the, with my agency here in New York. I was super happy. they always supported me in every decision I made. And they still with me and they will always stay with me. That's great <laughs>
0: because yeah, they, they were amazing. And she um, has some agencies are better than others. So I think part of, it is your, part of it is the agency. Part of it is also just your personal relationship with your agent. But we're trying to level the playing field. So it's not just a question of you know, top models getting good treatment or having to rely on a good agent. But they're just standards. Do you have any advice to give to these young women
1: or young models for their starting in this job? Join the Model Alliance.
0: (laughs) Get involved. Um, Yeah, I mean, we love the fashion industry. We think that modeling can give people great opportunities, and um, we're just trying to make it a better, safer, more fun place to work. So I think that a lot of people assume that by being strong, they have to be outspoken, and we don't necessarily advocate that you have to share all your dirty laundry on social media. You know, you don't have to speak to the press, but you should advocate for yourself and we're stronger together. So, you know, you uh, should get involved with the Model Lights.
1: Yeah, let's make a group and, and change something and make it better. Mm-hmm. And of course, like being a safeguard, a lifesaver, when you start in this, thinking that some, something like Model Alliance is there, if you need help, it's something you feel more comfortable on, on getting into this. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other thing you wanted to say for, for the people to, to get help
0: for our listeners? Yeah, uh, well, you can learn more about uh, the RESPECT program at programforrespect.org and you can visit us at Uh, uh, modelalliance.org. We're really focused on uh, getting companies to sign on and I think that um, this will not only benefit models, it will help all the freelancers working in the fashion industry um, so that we have the infrastructure in place to address these concerns, and it'll also improve the images that our industry presents. So we welcome everyone, everyone to sort of learn more about our work and get involved. Thank you so much, Sarah,
1: for being here. And I want to remember to our listeners that if you want to know more about Model Alliance and the Respect Program, you can uh, reach out to Sarah through her social media, through her Twitter account at Mm Saradzev. And uh, and also, if you want to reach out to me and uh, share about your experiences that you think could be helpful for others, there is an email in our words at univision.net. You could Write me and share your stories. Thank you so much. This is the end for today. And I can't wait to have you in the next episode of In Our Words. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. And hopefully we could do something together.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi.
1: <laughs> Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <laughs> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawaii es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro, community. Todos son super talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Black Hawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Okay? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español.